I was devastated, I was humiliated, and I was probably finished, both professionally and personally. Those thoughts were racing around my head just minutes after doing Howard Stern's radio show. This is not a joke, nor did it feel funny. It was sometime in the late 1990s, and I was in the middle of a national press tour. Either I was uh, promoting uh, My Dream Come True, a nationally syndicated daytime talk show, The Howie Mandel Show, or it might have been right on the heels of its cancellation when I wanted people to know I was still out there, hopefully funny and available for work. I can't remember the date or exactly what happened, but I will never forget my feelings. I had been in the business for 20 years as a stand-up comedian, actor, and now host, so I pretty much knew what to expect from these interviews. Most people ask the same softball questions, but Howard Stern is a different animal. His show is about entertainment and controversy, sometimes at the expense of his guest. Even Steven Spielberg might have to sit between two midgets and a hooker and participate in Howard's circus while he's trying to plug his Holocaust movie. You must bring your A-game and be prepared to roll with whatever is thrown your way. Howard Stern's setup is unlike any other. Normally, you just sit face-to-face -face with the host and answer questions and focus on being informative and entertaining. But on Howard's show, anyone can chime in at any time from any place in the room. Robin, a lovely young lady who has been his sidekick since he started in radio, sits in a glass booth off to the side. Fred, a longtime staple of the Stern show, usually sits somewhere behind you. At that time, Jackie the Joke Man, who either provided comedic input verbally or passed along material to Howard, was also there. This was the regular irregularity of the show. Now add to this a guest whose name I cannot remember. I would have preferred two midgets and a hooker because this interview would prove to be far more dangerous. It was tough enough as it was because of Howard's setup. The mystery guest was wearing a t-shirt and loosely fitting sweatpants. Howard was playing a game where listeners had to guess this guest's special talent. I immediately became a radio show contestant, and I too had to join the guessing game. Being able to see him was not an advantage. After many, many calls and repeated clues from Howard, nobody had guessed correctly. Finally, Howard revealed this guy's special talent. The man stood up, loosened his sweatpants, and dropped them to his knees. It was like going to a show where the curtain is dropped and the main attraction is revealed. He had a huge penis, the likes of which I had never seen. I don't know how to describe what I saw. You hear of men with large penises. The best way to describe this was a large penis with a small man on the end. With Howard calling the play-by-play, -play, the guy began doing tricks with his member. He wrapped his penis around his leg clockwise and tied it into something of a knot. This guy was an amazing talent. I have no idea where he is today, but he is probably huge. Not as far as success goes, but wherever he is, he is huge. The whole event was so Howard. He presents the biggest, craziest penis ever seen on radio. I was awash with different emotions. First was jealousy. That was followed quickly by discomfort. I'm not a homophobe, but there is nothing more disconcerting than a man sitting next to you playing with his penis. I was supposed to be there promoting myself, but I felt as though I was sitting on a 2 a.m. train back to Brooklyn. Not that I've been on a 2 a.m. train back to Brooklyn, nor I expect the man next to me to be playing with his penis, but I don't have any other point of reference for this experience. When the penis manipulator finished his tricks, Howard said goodbye. The guy zipped up and headed toward the door. As a little boy, I had been taught to wash my hands after going to the bathroom, even if I had touched nothing but my own penis. 
This guy I had been sitting next to didn't piss, but I promise you, he touched his penis. Wait, I'm thinking, where are the hand wipes? As any person would, he grabbed the knob, pulled the door open, and was gone. He might have been gone, but in my mind, there was so much more of him still in that room than needed to be. Now that he had left, it was my time to shine. My job would be to chime in from time to time with some witty repartee. That being said, I don't believe my repartee was witty, if it even existed. My entire focus was on that doorknob that I knew I would eventually have to handle. As Howard went on, I felt like Charlie Brown in Peanuts. You know when the teacher speaks and all Charlie hears is wah, 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 wah. All I could think about was how I was going to get through the door without touching the knob. The next thing I seem to remember hearing is Howard thanking me for stopping by. In fact, if you listen to the tape of the broadcast, it may not be anything like this. I'm just telling you what was going on in my head. After the goodbyes and thank yous, I headed toward the door. When I reached the threshold, I very casually and as naturally as I could ask, can somebody open the door for me? I don't want to touch the knob because that guy had his penis all over his hands and his hands touched the door. I didn't think it would be an issue. But Howard wanted me to open the door myself. I didn't want to. He had touched his penis and then he touched the doorknob. This back and forth lasted through the commercial break and soon we were back live on the air. Howard announced that Howie Mandel wouldn't touch the doorknob because it had penis residue on it, and the drama escalated. I stood there for what seemed like an eternity. Though I wasn't physically trapped, I was mentally trapped. At this moment, nothing else existed for me but this problem. I had no awareness that this back and forth was being broadcast nationally. I was making no effort to be funny or entertaining. I just wanted to get out of that room. So I lifted the veil of funny and went to honesty. I said something to the effect of, the joke is over. I cannot touch this door. As much as I imagine this is entertaining, this is real. It's something that I cope with and talk to a therapist about. It's a real issue. It's part of a bigger condition called OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. That admission was a major event in my life. The fact that I had told Howard Stern that I have a serious mental issue and see a therapist for it may not seem like anything to you, the reader, or the listener, or whatever you want to call yourself, but this was a big hammer that landed for me. It was like revealing my darkest secret. 